Welcome to Running in Pursuit Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it looks like to follow after Jesus in ministry and everyday life, as well as another passion of ours, sports. I'm your host, Dusty Durbin, pastor of Big Level Baptist Church, and I'm alongside Connor Pounders, youth pastor of Big Level Baptist Church. Hey, Connor, how are you doing, man? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Um, it's it's difficult still season of life where we're navigating COVID-19, kids going back to school, and uh, we're seeing it begin to spread more in our county, you know, mm. not necessarily in our church. We, we really haven't seen it uh, hardly at all, really. Very, you know, a couple of places, but... Um, just trying to figure out how we keep keep things going. You know? Yeah, I think everybody, there's no really, it's not a guideline or a handbook or anything, but it seems like we've been here in the more rural areas, we've been seeing it hit closer to home a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, in maybe the past three or four weeks, really past three weeks. Yeah, we have. And, and we're going to continue to see that as kids go back to school, mm-hmm. kids go back to college. Um but but you know we trust that God's in control yep. and um, that He is sovereign. Well, today on the podcast we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. Uh, we've been in a series now at church on spiritual gifts uh, a while, I guess yep. probably. Uh, well, since we've been back, so so worshiping live, so since June, uh, we've been walking through these spiritual gifts and. And we're looking at um, what they are and, and why they apply today and, and how do they apply today. And um, and so I want to begin just talking a little bit about the spiritual gifts. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, really picking up in verse 4. Uh, and listen to what Paul says. I'll read out of the CSB, uh, the uh, Christian uh, Standard Bible. Um so, so here's, here's what Paul says in beginning in verse 4. He says, Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. Uh, as we look at what Paul is saying here, uh, even before we dive into that, he, here's why I believe it's important for us to look at the spiritual gifts in the local church. Um, God has called every single believer to serve the local church. And so the, the task of ministry is not just uh, for those in the office of pastor or those who serve in the leadership roles. So, so we have to ask the question, how does that um, equate or, or apply uh, to to believers, right? Uh, every believer has been gifted by God to serve for the common good, and that's what we see in this text, right? So, so he says, now there are different gifts, different gifts, uh, but the same Spirit. These these gifts are not talents, right? A talent would be something like, uh, what would you say, Connor? Uh, somebody being able to play drums in the church. Yeah, that's right. A talent is, is a gift, not a gift, it's, it's an ability that uh, you can sing or, or you can uh, very athletic. 
talents are given to everybody, right? But would we say spiritual gifts are given to everybody? Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would argue that spiritual gifts are not given to everybody, but sp- but to only believers. Oh um, yeah. So so everybody has has talents, um, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. And and as followers of Jesus, then we need to use those talents for His glory, right? If if you have the talent of an as a, of an athlete or, or athletic ability. Uh, I encourage you to use that talent, to use that platform to make much of Jesus wherever you are, right? Uh, and so the, so your talents you are to use. Those who have the talent to sing um, should use those talents for the glory of God. But, but gifts, spiritual gifts are given by God to born-again believers uh, for the purpose of the common good, which is the service of the church, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And the reason I say that spiritual gifts are for believers only when you look at it, he says, now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different uh, activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. And then you drop down to verse 11. It says, uh, on the same, uh, one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. As born-again believers, the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And at the moment we come to faith and trust in Christ, we, to use the phrase of Jesus, we're baptized in the Spirit, right? And John the Baptist uses that phrase, baptized in the Spirit. Uh, he says, uh, I baptize with water, but he, Jesus, baptizes in the Spirit. Well, well, those who are born-again believers who have been baptized in the Spirit, uh, and that happens simultaneous at salvation, is in that moment God begins to give us gifts to serve the local church. And so he lets us know that there are various gifts, and, and, and not everybody has the same gifts. That's when we talk about some of these gifts, like, you know, especially you get to the more charismatic gifts some would look at, you know, when they claim, well, everybody needs to speak in tongues. That's a sign of mm-hmm. salvation. Well, when you flip to Romans chapter, I mean, Scott, excuse me, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 and following, Paul Paul asks a series of questions and says, does everybody have the gift of prophecy? Or does everybody have the gift of administration or teaching? And his answer is no, while he never says that. And so uh, no gift is necessarily a manifestation that, that we've been saved. Uh, but because we're a believer, the spiritual gifts will be active in our life. Right? We can't say, right. if you don't have this gift, you're not a believer. Well, you can't say that because not everybody has the same gifts, right? And so he says there's different gifts, and then he says there are um, different ministries. Now, I want to spend a little time here. As you think about that word, when you, how would you define that ministry? I think anything that is you are going out and proclaiming the gospel um, or people are hearing the word of God. Um, so anything in your church, maybe if it, if it is your youth programs or your Awana programs or um, your Sunday school programs that are hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what he means here by ministries is service, right? It's, it's our service. It's, it's not necessarily our programs, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are thankful for those Awana ministries and we're thankful for, uh, you know, the, the different types of, of ministries that we have in the church. But, but he, he's particularly here talking about individuals, and so each individual is giving one or multiple spiritual gifts 
in order to serve. And there's multitude of ways that we use those gifts to serve. And, and as you continue to reading in 1 Corinthians 12, when we are not faithfully uh, using our gifts to serve, the church does not function properly. Hmm. And so, you know, people always ask, well, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? There's a bunch of spiritual gifts inventories. Lifeway offers a spiritual gift inventory or several. Um, and those are great. Uh, some There's some things I disagree that they put into some of the um, spiritual gifts inventories. But I, I say this, if you don't know what your, your way of service is or what your gifts are to serve, find a place where you're passionate about, right? If you're passionate about teaching, if you're passionate about kids, well, let that be an area of service. God may be gifting you to serve in that area. Uh, some people are, are, are just really passionate about being behind the scenes and you know they're, they're excellent at making sure things uh, administratively operate. Right, and no one really may see their gift of administration, but but their their service to the church because of their gifting by God is critical. Uh, there are those who are who are servants who who are just passionate about you know what I'll pick up a mop and I'll I'll mop a floor or I'll clean up commodes or I'll move chairs around or I'll cut grass and and they serve in such a way that it keeps the church functioning. The church grounds are taken care of. They're clean. Light bulbs are fixed. And, and all of that is essential in, in many ways, right? And so it's where do we have a passion to serve? Because I believe God will give us a passion yeah. with the gifts that he gives us. And so there's different gifts and there's different areas of service. And, and if you're listening today, I encourage you, don't, don't wait. Don't wait for somebody to come and ask you how you can serve. Begin looking to serve because God has called every single believer to live as servants. And so he says there's, there's different gifts, there's different ministries. And then in verse 6, he says, and there are different activities. Now, this word activity could actually be translated almost results. While God gifts us, we don't select our spiritual gifts. He calls us to serve, but the results of our service is not uh, up to us, right? You take you take a, an evangelist. I guess that's not really a good one because uh, I don't want to separate the call to evangelism from the office of evangelist. We are all called to evangelize. So while I disagree that there's a gift of evangelism, I want to use it to make this point. Uh, the the results of our evangelism is not up to us if we're being faithful to evangelize. Uh, Paul says, I plant Apollos waters, but God causes the growth. And so while there's different areas of service, we cannot change the hearts of people. Uh, all we can do is serve faithfully. We do what God's called us to do. Uh, we serve with the passion uh, for the glory of God. We don't serve to get a pat on the back. We don't uh, use our gifts to uh, to be seen by people. Uh, we use our gifts because, because we love God and we want to obey Him and we want to serve Him and we want to make much of Him. And so there's different gifts, different areas of service, and we trust that at the end of the day, uh, God is going to... Uh, produce the results in accordance with his will and for his glory. And that brings us comfort in our service. 
Uh, then you look at verse 7, and he says, The manifestation is given to each person for the common good. Here, here are the reasons. Here's the reason, and, and I would argue there's ultimately two. Even though it's not stated in this text, we, we take it uh, really at the end of, of Romans chapter 12. Everything we do is for the glory of God. And so as we're at home and we're loving our families and we're serving our families, we do so for the glory of God. We, we go to work, we go to work for the glory of God. We, uh, we don't, we, you know, while, while we're working for a boss, right, and we're, we're, we've got to pay bills, at the end of the day we serve or we work with the attitude that everything I do is for the glory of God. And the same is true then in the church. We use our gifts for the glory of God uh, first and foremost. We seek to worship Him. By serving him and serving the local church and serving others. And we do that for, for him, for, for his glory. But then he says the common, the common good, uh, the church functions properly when uh, every born-again believer is using his or her gift or gifts to serve the church. In their various ministries, and so uh, those who are, who 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 serve in 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 positions that are seen, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class or it's leading out in worship uh, with music or with with the word or with prayer, uh, those are important. We agree with that, but just as important are those who are serving behind the scenes. Yeah, you're right. There's not one more important than the other. There's not. The person in the nursery keeping those babies, that, that's just as important. As, I'm about as to be important. as thankful for them as I've never, you know, I've never had to <laughs> to be back there. For, yeah. But now I'm going to have to be back there, and it's going to be, um, it's kind of opening my eyes to that. Yeah. Um, how important that is. And just, I've always thought the same thing. You know, I, I know God has called me to ministry, but, man, if it, even if it was, being a custodian or just, you know, whatever he may even call me to do, like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, happy to do it, you know. Um, and there's, you know, especially with our youth kids, I try to teach them, you know, I'm not ever going to ask them to do something I wouldn't do. Right. Um, especially, you know, especially like maybe VBS is a, is a really good time for us to do this. But uh, when we have each individual, for our church, we have the Sunday school classes, clean bathrooms and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. uh just to to see them or see me for them to see me doing what they're what what I'm asking them to do I think helps a lot yeah um, and teaching them you know it's there's nothing too low there's nothing too high you know yeah that that's what we call service leadership right or right. servant leadership um, we should never ask people to serve and use their gifts if we're not going to serve alongside them oh yeah you know. You know, if we're going to ask people to pick up tables, as leaders, we should be willing to pick up tables. Yeah, you're right. If we're going to ask people to sweep a floor, we should be willing to sweep a floor. Uh, and so I, I completely and totally agree with that. And so um, as leaders, we have to show and set the example. You know, the, the, the office of pastor is um, our main role is preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, our second main role is equipping the saints. Right to do the work of the ministry. And I'm really appreciative. I just read recently a book by um, Micah Freeze, who pastors Brainerd Baptist Church in mm-hmm. Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
uh, and, I, and, and there's a guy on staff with him that, that co-wrote that book, but it's called Leveling the Church. And, and the premise of that book, if, if I understood it correctly as I read it, it's a pretty short, simple read, uh, is, is that the, the, the pastor and those in vocational ministry are not to do all of the work. We, we serve because that's part of our job, as part of our responsibility as being a member of the family of God. But, but our, our responsibility then on top of that is to preach the word and equip the saints. And, and, and so we fail. It doesn't matter how successful it looks like to the world. We fail when we're not equipping the saints, every believer, to do the work of the ministry with us. Right. Doesn't mean we don't do the work of the ministry. We still do the work of the ministry. But we equip others because every believer is called to minister, right. which is seen here. And we just set the example by leading out in that, mm-hmm. right? And so let me encourage you. We're going to, over the next couple of weeks, really walk through uh, these spiritual gifts. Now, I'm kind of taking a gift a week on Sunday mornings as I preach through it. We won't, we won't spend that much time on here, but we'll group them together. But uh, let me encourage you. Pray. Seek the face of God and say, okay, God, I believe you give gifts to believers. I believe that uh, there are different ways for me to serve for your glory. Uh, and, and I believe that, that the results are up to you. And so show me, show me where I'm to serve, whether, whether it's behind the scenes, um, cleaning commodes, uh, or, or it's, it's teaching or preaching. And somewhere in between, you know, uh, seek to know what your gifts are and use those gifts in your local context in the church. Uh, go to those in leadership and say, hey, I believe God's given me this gift or these gifts, and I want to use them. How can I use them? And, uh, and, and then just, just be obedient to uh, the church to function well needs believers to serve. But more than that, we as believers should want to glorify God. And, and using these gifts for his glory is what he's called us to do. And so uh, let's serve. Let's be faithful. Um, let's do what God has called us to do. And even so more now uh, in the era and uh, time we're in today, believer, we need to serve uh, for the glory of God and the common good of others. That's right. All right. So when we come back, um, a lot of football to get to. We've got some baseball that's going on right now. Um, but the big news right now probably is, will we have college football or will we not? That's coming up next. So, you know, as we talk about sports, sports is very much a teamwork, right? That's right. Uh, or it takes a lot of teamwork. And, and the same is true in the church. You know, we come together and we use our gifts and we serve together as a team in unity. We may not always agree on, on what we do or how we go about doing things, but, but, but we have one goal, and that's the glory of God. Uh, we have one, one mission, and that's to make disciples. Well, the same is true with, with sports, right? There's one goal, win a national championship or win a Super Bowl or win a World Series or win, or win the championship for the NBA. And, and, and in order to do that, it takes a lot of teamwork, right, yeah. teamwork and discipline. So talking about sports, you know, we can talk about baseball and we can talk about how the Astros can't win without 
you know, hitting a trash can, um, or Doesn't at least like have it. a chance to be the uh, the World Series champs. Uh, granted, we have a lot of pitchers that that are out right now, including Justin Verlander. So that that hurts. Well, just to say this, our whole starting lineup for the Braves are gone. We've had we've had to uh, activate another pitcher who opted out, who actually opted just opted back in because they needed him. Huh? Yeah, and like. I mean, he got lit up last night, too, okay. until our bullpen's been amazing, though. So, Well, um, I've been watching a little bit of baseball. Um, I haven't been following basketball as much j- just because the Pelicans don't have a shot of going to the playoffs. Yeah, and, Zion sat out. Yeah. Um, or did they play their last game last night um, or tonight? I think it's tonight. Yeah, I think he's sitting out. I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it, Lonzo Ball is, like, shooting 13 or 19% or something. It's really just, just crazy. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, um, the big news, big news right now where we're at today, um, this week is college football, and you know it just means more it in the SEC, here. right? Uh, it means it's, more here. Um, the SEC is determined to be patient and to wait and to give as much time as they can to allow uh, the students to play. Yeah. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I know he's not SEC, but he had a really good, you know, thread uh, on why they want to play and, you know, the importance of, of playing. And um, I'm, I'm actually more confident that there could be a college football season today than I was yesterday. Yeah, I think it changes by the hour. Um, you just don't know. I mean, the Big Ten has canceled, apparently. There's a lot of different – I think the MAC is canceled. But the Big Ten came out after yesterday and said, yeah. no, 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 there wasn't a vote. Well, you know, you know, two. okay, so two of their presidents on the board of the Big Ten are uh, like disease specialists or disease – some kind of disease doctors. I did not know that. Yeah. So I would, I would venture to guess when they made that decision, most of those coach – most of those presidents were listening to whatever they were, had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, probably came with that vote. But after they canceled and listening to the backlash of the coaches and the players, I think changed a lot. Trying to Just trying to gauge the, the landscape of the country and what, what the country was going to say after that. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I think that may have changed as far as kind of what some of them, what some of them were thinking. Well, you know, uh, wasn't it the Big Ten that come out first and said uh, we're only going to play conference games? Yeah, I mean, last week they came out and gave a schedule. Yeah, they did. They did, which was weird. Then they come back this week. and But, but what's interesting was many of the conferences follow suit. And I think the Big Ten may – I could be wrong, okay? This is just uh, assumption. And assumptions, assumptions sometimes get you in trouble. But maybe they were thinking we'll just set the tone. We'll come mm-hmm. out and we'll cancel – and everybody else will follow suit. Yep. That's yeah, what that, they did, that didn't happen. Players and coaches, even from the Big Ten, were saying, look, we want to play. If, if I'm not mistaken, and, and somebody can fact check me on this, players from Ohio State were saying, if we can't play in our conference, let us go play in the SEC. Yeah, and the coaches were backing them. Yeah. Now, um, Ohio State doesn't want nothing to do with a, a <laughs> schedule in the SEC. Yeah, they wouldn't, go, they wouldn't go three and nine, but they would definitely not uh, go 12 and 0. Maybe 500. They could yeah. beat Ole Miss. I, I, yeah, and, they would beat know. us. Uh, but, however, Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, he was on Paul Feinbaum yesterday afternoon. 
Um, and he was talking about wanting to be back. And, and whatever they can play is where they're going to play. Mm. Um, but I think the, the tone changes because, listen to this, do you think that if if Ohio State were to go to play in the SEC, would the SEC get the revenue of that money yeah. away from the Big Ten? I believe the SEC would get the money. Now, you think about it, okay? If all these other conferences cancel, but just a handful, maybe SEC, uh, ACC, maybe even the Big Twelve, that that you know, they all they all come together. Well, those three conferences, even if some of these other schools will jump in and say, okay, well, we'll play y'all, right? Um, those conferences will get that money from the uh, TV deals and and so forth, and so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the Big Ten would hurt. There, there's so many different arguments, obviously to to cancel or to not cancel. Some of the arguments to cancel, um, obviously are. I heard I heard one guy was t- you know saying how are you going to put this decision in twenty uh, year olds' hands? Now, in an, in another way, they're you know they're saying well they're they're grown ups they should get paid for what they do because they're college athletes they they you know they're on TV they're all these TV deals they should get paid for their likeness and image which is that's another story completely but then on the other hand you had the same guy I'm not gonna, I'm not going to mention his name but he was he was talking on on TV yesterday and he was saying well they're just kids they can't make these decisions by themselves speaking out of both sides of the yeah mouth. and so I was. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, which one is it? Like, are they young adults? Can they make their own decisions? Or are they kids and they can't make their decisions? I think, and Joe Burrow put it perfectly. I don't know. He tweeted something out the other day about, um, you know, if this was his, if this was his senior year and they weren't playing, he may be looking for a job right now. Yeah, because he wasn't even supposed to be drafted going into last season. Right. And now you may have Trevor Lawrence, you may have uh, Justin Fields out there who can never play another down in college football and get drafted in the first round but Joe Burrow would have been he wouldn't have been drafted many, yeah, many think he would have to sign on and walk you know um so those there's definitely arguments on both sides of why kids want to play now some kids just want to play because I mean they're they want to play I mean yeah some of the the, the coaches and players have said it it would be safer for them to play Nick Saban said that yeah they're, they're not going home they're not you know being around a lot of other people they'd be more isolated um, yeah because I mean okay you take football away you think these you think they're just going to stay home or they're just going to stay in their classrooms or their dorm rooms and, right. and stay isolated I mean they're on a college campus yeah a huge college, not not just a small one, like a D one college campus. You can do whatever you want to, yep. and you take football away from these people. And plus, you got the other side of it, where some of these kids, this is what they look forward to for for the, I mean, for their whole lives. That's right. And you to put them back in situations where they may not be able to succeed, yeah. um, or they may be just in bad situations. Yeah. You know, truthfully, I, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if they should play or shouldn't play. I think. I think the basketball, NBA has shown that a bubble-type format would work. The NHL has, too. The NHL has. The, the MLB, in many ways, have. Now, their bubble is not as, as, as tight as the NBA or the NHL. They're able to go home to their families, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least in their area, but they're doing a lot of travel. Uh, I think those are examples that professional football and college football could possibly work. 
if if they're being, you know, if they're not, you know, the college students are doing all online. They have to stay in their dorms or in the facilities, the, the, the sports complex facilities. And they only travel once a week to right. play. Right. And so, and they're only coming in contact with other players who have not been exposed. Yeah. And so it could work. I think you could see a, no, I think there, I don't think it would be without any hiccups. I think you would still see some catch yeah. it and maybe some games canceled. But I, overall, I think you could have a college football season. I now, think, yeah, I think what they, what they need to do, and this is, there's not a right or wrong answer, but I think the right answer <laughs> Is you gotta you gotta give them at least a chance. It like like the like the NFL is doing. Give them a chance to opt out if they want to opt out. Respect that decision, yep. and let the kids who want to play give them some kind of waiver and say, "Hey, this is you know the risks that are going into it. Yeah, sign it and play." Yep. Um, and if you if they opt out, give them an extra year of eligibility. You know? Yeah. Don't make a senior or or somebody who is on the bubble of going to the draft mm-hmm. and getting drafted. Don't make them have to lose that year of eligibility. Yeah. You know, let them come back and play another year. And you know, this is, this is a little bit of a, a side subject, but the best part of this and the quietest people of this whole deal is the NCAA. Because the NCAA has no power yep. if you don't give them power. They can't make these decisions. Yep. And th- you don't see them coming out and being like, well, this is what we're going to do. And this is what everybody's going to do. They can't do it. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind seeing just the SEC, ACC conference, two conferences play. It just means more. I mean, <laughs> well, you, you know, for the past, uh, goodness, uh, how many years uh, s- since the college football playoff, it's been just about an ACC um, SEC championship. Yeah. At least the last several years. Yeah, a couple Big Ten, Big 12 teams, but. I mean, you're you're always going to have those in there. Pac-12 is kind of is kind of yeah running behind a little bit, but yeah, but but Clemson's been in there what three years in a row? Yeah. Um, the SEC in has Alabama. has had a team in the championship game. If I'm if I could be wrong, I think every year, every year since yeah. the playoff. Now yep. Alabama's been most of that, but you've had Alabama, you've had LSU. Um, you had Georgia and Alabama play, you know, against each other, and so mm-hmm. uh, I, I know I joke about that just because we're we're homers and we, we oh, yeah. pull for our team who plays in the SEC. I don't know, man. I, I want the kids to be safe. I also, want to see college football. Yeah, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. If it gets canceled, I will be heartbroken. And you, we knew this was gonna come eventually because there's <laughs> we knew this especially here in the south is there's no uproar about basketball getting canceled or baseball getting canceled now well, that's something we want to see but when you threaten our college football season or nfl or something like that which down here i don't think nfl is as big they uh, could to cancel. some people are yeah. to some people it is but they could cancel the nfl and i'd be um, happy as long as we watch college football yeah, well, yeah, if they, yeah, but you know the NFL is going to take those time slots away from the from the college football, and they're going to play on Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but another another thing that you think about is what happens to these these smaller schools who depend on um, playing these D one schools, yeah. uh, like Alcorn or you know, 
North Dakota State or, you know, all yeah. these, these smaller schools. Uh, Grambling. millions. Yeah. Uh, Appalachian State, all those, all those people who, who go to these bigger schools, to, you know, most of the time they get their butt whooped unless you're Ole Miss and you get beat by Jacksonville State. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Troy, was that that Troy beat LSU or – yeah, yeah, yeah not right. too long yeah, ago. Not too so. long ago. Um, but they, I mean, I know Ole Miss pays probably a million plus dollars to those smaller FCS teams that we play. Yeah, it ranges. Um, so I don't know. Like that, I think about that. You know, their programs they could get canceled. Um, you know, as far this is this is across every sport, but the economic. You know, the people staying in hotels, buying food. Yeah. Um, all it's the huge. all that different stuff. Like I mean, that, to me, I think that's where a lot of the uproar for football comes. While most people are football fans here in the South, the economy will hurt even worse than than it is now. Yeah. You know, I think um, I was reading yesterday from an article out of Startville, and they were talking about you know the the economic impact that it would have. That it would take years for them to overcome if they lost football season yeah. in Startville, which is you know just a small college town, but. Never know. Well, we'll know something by next week's podcast. Well, we have yeah, we'll definitely know probably today or tomorrow um, yeah. how everything's going. But well, uh, just as just as we've talked about football and we talked about spiritual gifts, um, we talked about other sports. Uh, let us let us serve. Um, let us be a team player uh, in our church using the gifts God has given us. And until next time, uh, may we make much of Jesus. Uh, making disciples wherever we go.